to the head of Caitlin Hayes and it's an easy opening goal for Celtic. Malky Thompson will be furious with his sides defending. to be Celtic that falls to Amy Gallagher within the box and that is the dream start to the second half for Celtic Amy Gallagher with her seventh goal of 2023 alone Center. And it's a carbon copy for Caitlin Hayes. Rangers have allowed her again from close range to not home. And Celtic are in dreamland in this Glasgow derby. Malky Thompson will absolutely be furious now. Hello and welcome to the Celtic Women's Football Show, the mighty Glasgow Celtic. What a weekend. Very excited to be here to talk about it. I'm your host, Claire Wilde, and Lorenzo Pacitti is with me. And I hope, Lorenzo, you're equally as excited. <laughs> it is always a blessing to have been born a Celtic fan, especially on weekends like this. I know. Big smiles all around. Um, how are you? Are you still buzzing from the whole thing? I mean, we, rec- we record this on a Tuesday evening for a Wednesday, but I'm still buzzing. <laughs> Yeah, and we're gonna. I think we're gonna get to, in the show just the nature of the fixture times and how that bleeds into the full weekend and when you have back to back Celtic games. I just think it's when you're a football fan, your weekends. You know, you live and die by your weekends, and they really change the course of your week. And when you can double up on two big Celtic wins, when you get to start and end the weekend with two big Celtic wins. It kind of drags into your full week, so I'm, I'm still feeling a bit buzzing from it all. I know, and as we were finishing the, rec- I'm remembering finishing the recording of the last episode, where I was like, I can't bear two derbies in a weekend because the anticipation of it is like a bit too much. But obviously, if it all goes in the right direction, then the elation makes up for it. <laughs> I am a bit of a sick freak. Um, I like the the derby anticipation and the the hell of that. I actually really. I don't know. I really enjoy. I'm the opposite of like a Paul Carlin who is <laughs> almost hates the fact he does have to like football. It's funny you should over. mention Paul Carlin because I watched the game on Sunday at Paul's house, and I think it was because of partly what happened on Friday. That, and I'm not normally like this, especially just as I'm sort of quite relaxed until just before kickoff, and then I like adrenaline levels just spike massively really quickly. So it was quite weird, and it even once we'd kicked off, I was looking at him going, "Paul, it's fine." It's fine. I'm, I'm very much a believer in <laughs> enjoying the fact that if you're that nervous and that anxiety inducing, it means something. And well, I think that's what was stressing him out because he was like, can you not do that? <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, good weekend all round. Of course, the main thing we're going to talk about is the fact that we beat Rangers um, on Friday night, 3-0 to Celtic. I mean, 
how were you feel? We we talked about it last week, of course, but as the week approached, how were you feeling about this game? We'll talk. We'll talk in a minute about the actual occasion, but really, really nervous to be honest. Um, I think I'm usually pretty optimistic about Celtic women. Um, we've had a good season. There's a lot to like about the team, but I do think there has been a a kind of hold Rangers have had over the league. I mean, they've been unbeaten for so long until this weekend. You can't ignore that, you know, and it's we switched from this kind of idea that Fran had Rangers number to Rangers starting to take over the league, win the league, go unbeaten. And, uh, you know, despite a few good performances against them and them, them not battering us, I did have not quite underdog vibes going at this weekend, but it was it was going to be nervous and it was going to be tense. And, you know, if we come out and get scudded off Rangers, I could have kind of... Um, I could have made that make sense in my head as an expectation. You know, I should have had, I, I would have been kind of kicking myself forever feeling optimistic. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> so the opposite happening is delightful. Uh, but it's just, I think, the nature of the three teams being so close at the top and really fine margins of error and just how... We also happen. know that this Celtic team kind of has... You always feel like you're flying a bit by the sea. Obviously, you always are in sport because in sport of any kind whether it's a team or an individual, whatever it is, like get, results are never guaranteed. But this specific Celtic team really makes you feel like you're flying by the seat of your pants sometimes. You know, we had the really bad result at home against Motherwell. Like, where did that come from? And then a few weeks later, we're beating Rangers. It's just, after you know, it's it's a wild ride. Yeah, and I think some of our best results don't come from playing our best football, um, which, is, which is fun and it's a really kind of versatile and it's really good skill to have for this team that they don't have to be getting everything their own way to come out on top. Mm-hmm. Um, and sometimes in these derby games, when things haven't been going our way, it's it's just this kind of burst of energy we've had that Rangers have seemed to lack sometimes. And and I think a lot of things came to fruition at the weekend and a lot of uh, attributes of this team really shone through. Yeah, it was great. Um, getting to the game, we were both at the game. Um, let's talk about Friday night football. Let's get, let's, Let's revel in the fact that you have been saying this for how long? You've been banging this drum for a long time, Lorenzo. Two years, two and a half years. And here we get we get a really good fixture on a Friday night at Excelsior Stadium. And it the atmosphere was fantastic, wasn't it? Yeah, I've no doubt I'm preaching to the choir here, but there is, there is no argument for me against uh, Derby games in this, in this league being on Friday nights. I don't understand that. The, if you're going to grow the women's game it has to involve there's going to have to be eyes who are not interested in it right now mm-hmm. eventually coming to it there's not enough yeah. you know brand new demand to kind of sustain a full league or a league that's going to make tv money and stuff like that the only way to do that is to bring people from the men's game you cannot do that by putting it up against the men's game yeah friday night football is something every men's football fan would love for their team there's a lot of reasons in scotland why we'll never get that regularly yeah. for big mm-hmm. fixtures you have to take advantage of that and put these derby games on those nights. And you can see from the crowd, the variation of people that were in the crowd, there were families, because Friday night works for families. There were a lot of Irish people in the crowd who have come over for the weekend Celtic game. Yeah. You know, these things all make sense, and it's how you build the, the attendance. Um, mm. And I just think it's so... And that atmosphere, you know, the numbers are really, really good, particularly for a home game at the Excelsior, but they could be bigger, and they could get bigger and bigger and bigger. We talked about it at the game, how... They could change the layout of who they're given what stand, you know, this fact that we're kind of scrambling for seats, even though there's plenty of seats. 
there's things to fix, but the Friday night element of it adds something special to it that you wouldn't get anywhere else in this country. Yeah, I, I completely agree. And you're you're right. It just from a very practical point of view, even if it's a, not a direct clash, if you've got a big game on a Saturday and then the women's game on a Sunday, there are a lot of people who are like, I have one allocated football slot <laughs> for my weekend. But the Friday night kind of doesn't count in that because it's still it's like it's something you're tagging on to the end of your week and it's such an amazing way to start the weekend I completely loved it and you know we've been going to those games for a long time and we've been going to Excelsior for a while Excelsior for a while now you know the only thing we normally have to contend with is that temporary traffic light that they put outside while they were built although mm. I think it's a permanent traffic light now and they've built a roundabout by the new little but um, <laughs> on that we left town like before six o'clock the kickoff was at seven it normally takes about 20 minutes to drive and the tailback of traffic to get into the stadium we couldn't park we were sent around the corner to go and park on the street we were kind of I was so stressed and poor Chris he was like we've got time I was like we haven't got time (laughs) um which was obvious it was quite stressful but obviously that's something you want because you want to see all these folk kind of there were other people we saw people in front of us in the traffic queue like running getting out of their cars and running around while someone else went off to park it was great well one thing we know about women's football in this country in general and the logistics of the Celtic games we've been to is the the kind of forward thinking's not always there and they plan for kind of the not the worst scenario but the the plan is there for the base level demand yeah and that's why there's always turnstile issues. There are parking issues if there's any extra fans yeah. coming in. Um, and again, maybe the the demand and the consistency of the demand will force these changes. Uh, but yeah, that's what's missing. Though. Yeah, hopefully. I mean, it was the same at Broadwood, actually, when we went to the Rangers game there that ended nil-nil. That, it, it felt as if um, there was a slight underestimation of the amount of people that were going to be there which it definitely felt like on Friday night but that's good you know if we can if the club and the grounds can take a lesson from that and learn it and I mean look at the look at the numbers and as you say you have to drive there you have to go through all that imagine we had a ground in Glasgow you know imagine people could have walked there people could have got the train there these these were all transport options that just didn't exist you had to drive there kind of it Absolutely. Um, The attendance just for interest was, people might have seen this on Twitter, but it was 1,639, which I think, considering everything, is pretty good. And we'd obviously, you know, just build from there. Um, So, yeah, we both get, you got there a little bit late due to aforementioned traffic issues. Yeah, I got got a lift off a Glasgow City fan. You did text me about an hour before the game went, could I have a lift? And I was like, we're not anywhere near you, mate. It's not happening. <laughs> um, but you did get a lift. I did, yeah. And she's a brand new driver, so she went the wrong way twice. But that's fine. <laughs> it's all good. Um, so we got to the game. And so you, you obviously saw the lineup, kind of, I imagine, as you were driving there. Should we go through the lineup? Because I think we had quite set ideas on what we wanted to see. It was, in the end, Pam in goals, Clara Reid and Kelly Clark and Caitlin Hayes at the back. Then we had Lou, uh, Olivia Chance, Natalie Ross, Hannah Kerner out on the right, um, Jacinta, Amy and Natasha Flint making a start, which I had said I wanted to see. So that was great. We also said we thought we might not see Liv. So I was kind of surprised, even though obviously she's a huge quality player and she's made for these occasions, but 
she's talked subsequently about how it was probably the quickest turnaround she's ever done from getting off 24 hours of flying to being on yeah. a football pitch. <laughs> she's just that good, I guess, you know, it's, and it says a lot about her professionalism. She captained her country, you know, yeah. in the last couple of weeks as well. She's a model professional. So if there's somebody in that team that you can expect to do that, it's, it's love chance despite her being the one that's flying 24 hours. <laughs> um, what else about that lineup stood out for you, if anything? Well, it's funny because when it first dropped, I texted you straight away, like, what the hell, this lineup? And that was like a, it was an instinctive reaction to literally one thing. And it was Lisa Robertson not starting. Yeah. Because the rest of that lineup is not a lineup where it's like, oh my God, it's crazy. It's kind of what we expected. Um, (laughs) You know, including uh, Flint getting the start was kind of up in the air. But just Lisa Robertson not being there threw me completely. And I thought something wild is happening. Yeah. it's just a to see Lisa fit, but not in the starting lineup is is a shock. Um, and I think you know we were vindicated by the result. I just I think she's always missed. I wonder if there was a any kind of fitness issue there, a knock or anything. But that really threw me. Um, yeah, because I'd had a different instinctive response. Although I was kind of doing that thing where like Chris was reading the lineup to me as I was driving, and I never feel like I'm absorbing it well. But when he read it out, I kind of thought, like you said, ultimately very similar to what we talked about and what we were maybe expecting. Um, then you te- texted me, what the fuck? And I went, oh, have I got this all wrong? And then it, I realized <laughs> it, you were just upset about Lisa. <laughs> um, which, yeah, I was really surprised as well. But again, she was a, she was on the bench. And, you know, maybe Fran is starting to think a bit more tactically about the fact that you keep some of the players like Lisa. Because that's still a really strong midfield that we yeah. put out. And that if you've got a player like Lisa on the bench, who you've, you, we've seen it in the men's game recently as well. We've got such a strong bench. We've got players who not only can come and shore up, shore things up, but they can change games or they can turn things around or do things that might be needed. Yeah. And our derbies and cup final wins as well over the last couple of years, some of the best players of the game have been coming off the bench. They mm-hmm. have been people making huge impacts off the bench. Yeah. Um, you know, Lisa is somebody's well you could drop into a game at any minute in the game and she's gonna make an impact. Yeah. Um we obviously are lining up with a back four. But sorry, back three. They have got a back four and you know, they've got the kind of one up front. They it looks like a more defensive formation. This is one of the teams that we might be a bit more familiar with. Did you have any thoughts on did you look at their lineup at all or did you think about you know, any of that the impact that they that might have on the night? They've they've been going through a kind of weird. Obviously, they've been playing. They've had a good season, but for the standards of last season, they've definitely dropped a wee bit. Um, I think they've got their their star players who you expect to start every week. They've probably got a more settled lineup than anyone uh-huh. really in the league. Um, we all know my thoughts on Jenna Five's ability as a goalkeeper. Uh, so I was pleased to see her start. Uh, <laughs> but apart from that, you know, nothing really shocked me about their lineup. Other than I think what. You know, what was good about Fran's lineup is how attacking it was yeah. in the Derby game. We've seen him change things up and he's he's done stuff like when we had Jody Bartle kind of getting thrown into random positions and you were wondering, yeah. is that for defensive solidity? Is that because we're going to be under the cosh? But he's seen the ability his team has going forward. He's seen the dynamic they are. And Rangers are the opposite right now. Mm-hmm. You know, they don't have that impetus. They're a wee bit flat. They don't have the motivation and the kind of confidence they had last season. So I think he took advantage of that and that Rangers team looked almost much like the men's team on Sunday, too familiar. You mm. know? Yeah, I agree with you. I think there are a lot of comparisons to be drawn and I know that we're reluctant to do that. But at this point in time, it feels like there's this, we talk about playing football the Celtic way all the time and, and the styles that these managers are 
wanting like they talk about it and implement it on the pitch and it does feel like there is a bit of synergy at the moment between what's happening in the men's game and what's happening in the women's game we'll we'll talk about it a bit more maybe as we go through the game but would you agree with that yeah i think it's why we love fran so much as well he's not shy about saying stuff like you know fran will reference Ange every tweet he does you know he, he loves that we never stop he takes a lot of inspiration from it uh fran is very big about and he understands the celtic way and how we're supposed to play and how we go out and he understands the importance of playing for that badge. Yeah. Um, and it's a big thing that draws us as fans to Fran. So I, I think you're completely right. And I think he is the key part of that, that kind of synergy between the, the men's team and the women's team. Fran has really been somebody who's stepped up and tried to implement that mm-hmm. for the benefit of the club as a whole and to drag that fan base over. Yeah, definitely. Um, let's go through the game. How did we start? I know you missed the first few minutes of the game, but I'm sure you've probably watched them back. I think my... Feeling at the start of the game, being in the stadium and obviously nerves play a part in this as well. But my kind of instinctive gut feeling for the first sort of five, 10 minutes was I wanted us to come out quick and it felt like they did that instead of us. It felt like maybe they were the team who were going, right, we're going to do this for the first few minutes. And it kind of, you just don't want any uncertainty. (laughs) You don't want to go, oh God, is it going to be one of these? Well, I mean, I think they're the champions, you know, who are behind in the table. So they had to come out and win this game. Um, and I think they had a point to prove. And I think that's very easy to feel that motivation and that uh, need to come out of the traps fast at the very beginning of a game. Uh-huh. And the way you stifle that is by, you know, an early impact like a goal or, you know, big challenges and people can kind of take control of the game in their own way. But Rangers looked like they have in the last few derbies, that opening kind of 10 minutes, though, like a team comfortable on the ball, like they were going to make the game about them and it felt like we were going to fall into that pattern, which is not a bad one for us in derbies of letting them have a lot of the ball, playing out when we need to, playing fast and just trying mm. to catch them in set pieces and catch them on counters, which as Celtic fans is maybe a bit alien to watch sometimes, but as fans of Celtic women and we've seen them in the derbies, it's not something we should feel you know, uh, concerned about generally. However, there was an incident that, created a bit of a momentum shift it was a goal and it was ours help <laughs> yeah incredible scenes at 14 minutes um comes from a set piece we've talked about this endlessly how much these have improved for us our delivery is great we've got so many players who can do it you know we've only really seen Jacinta step up recently to take those corners on a very regular basis we've had other players doing it in the past but you know, we heard the clip at the beginning in my little intro. We heard the bits of commentary, but Jacinta putting that ball in and, you know, it, Caitlin Hayes makes something like that look so easy, doesn't she? The difference in the Celtic team when the set pieces are clicking is night and day because it it does feel like when we get a corner, the other team has to be thinking, you know, there's at least a 50-50 chance here of a goal because if this ball is put in appropriately and Caitlin Hayes is in the area, it's a goal. Yeah. You know, there is no, there's no two ways about it, it seems, a Celtic team. And we talk about it every week. She's never put a body header over the bar. She just wins them, puts them in the back of the net. It mm. seems so easy. Yeah. And Jacinta's ability has gone up so much this season. Um, and we talked about our end product being the thing lacking last season. It's now, you know, night and day. And that extends to her set pieces because she has that ability. She knows exactly where she wants to put them. She floats them right in the middle of the six-yard box. The athleticism we have... It just feels like a mismatch. Uh-huh. You know, it really just feels like there is nothing anyone can do about it. And Hayes is so dominant in the air, probably more so than any 
more so than any other footballer I watch. I think. <laughs> no, I don't. I don't. I can't think of another footballer who is so automatic in the air, a defensive duel in the box, attack the corner. If she's near it, it's Caitlin's all day, and it just feels she, yeah. like such a. You talk about a leveler in football where you could, you know, teams maybe use set pieces as a leveler because they don't have to play the ball on the ground. There's no ability via ability. We're already matching teams like Rangers and City on the ground. We're already playing fast, mm-hmm. dynamic football. To then have every set piece be this kind of terrifying, you know, <laughs> domineering, this could be a goal, is such a level up for us. Yeah. What did you think of the Rangers' defence of that set piece? Because a lot was made of it in commentary. <laughs> Jenna, Fife. Uh, there was a um, lot of criticism for Catherine Hill as well. Not yeah, Like, not just it, not sticking. I mean... There was a lot of criticism of the Rangers' defence for not sticking to... But she was surrounded by Rangers players. It's just that she kind of sort of parted the ways, leapt up in the air, and there was. it looked like once that was going to happen, there was very little like they could do about it. It's it's why um, attacking set-pieces are so key to some of the biggest teams. You know, you, everyone knows what teams they associate with set-pieces, and it's because they, don't, they can't defend them on an even keel. You know, if, huh. if somebody's attacking it, it's easier for them. If somebody of Caitlin's athleticism is attacking it, it's easier for her. And as you say, she's surrounded by Rangers players, but it doesn't matter. If the ball's good enough, it doesn't matter. So I think there's only so much criticism you can ever give to a defence without you know, fouling Caitlin as yeah. much as you can before <laughs> the penalty's given. Um, yeah, absolutely. And the, it, it just means having that goal under our belts, we definitely started to look a little bit of a different team in terms of the levels of confidence and energy, didn't we? It lifted everything. You know, you've got that under your belt. And obviously it's only one. And we all know that that can change in the flick of a switch, especially against a team like Rangers. But just having that wee cushion, it was really enjoyable to start watching our players play football versus them just not really playing football. Yeah. I I, 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 really, I, know, I don't know if that's a good analysis. I think that's fair. It's a really simple way to put it. But I, I thought Rangers went so flat. Um, I thought the rest of that game, they couldn't string a pass together. Um, and it is a big confidence thing I think and we are a team that really thrives on momentum uh, has a real mental fortitude whether we're behind or we're up front it just feels like Celtic are are always pretty confident about what they're doing Mm -hmm. and if a pass goes astray it's because we're trying things Rangers felt like every pass that went astray it was heads down there was a midfield that just wasn't talking and they've got some really you know high level players in there they've got internationals There's, there's a lot of good players in that Rangers team who just weren't at it and the goal was just what swung that. It seemed at the start of the game that they were going to be on form a wee bit and it was going to be a tight game and a tough game and an anxious game. Mm-hmm. But the minute that first goal went in, we rose, like mentally our team rose up so fast, Rangers flattened completely and yeah. they never picked it up. First, they came out after the second half and everything, they just flat the whole way. Yeah, it's really interesting because they had, like there was a bit of a, Jane Lewis was um, on Twitter um talking about the dominance of Rangers in the game, et cetera, et cetera, and, and sort of posting a few stats to prove it. But like, I think I'm not sure which stat she was kind of looking at to prove that they were more dominant because in possession, they had slightly more possession than us. Okay, fair enough. It was something like 56, 44 or something. Um, they had a lot more shots than us, but their shots were all, I counted them. There was 21 actual shots at goal and something like 13 of them were coming from outside the box. It was like they were scared to move in <laughs> somehow yeah. and they didn't know how to get past the defence that we were able to put up. I feel like usually when we play Rangers and they beat us, 
it's because they're really high quality players, their best players have stepped up and done something a bit different. We're usually quite compact and defend quite well against Rangers. Um but they didn't. Yeah. And like you say, there was a lot of they had a lot of time on the ball. They didn't do anything with it. They had a lot of long range shots. We've got Pam Tahonar in goals, who is a great shot stopper, and she proved that with yeah. a few kind of long range drives that went anywhere near the corner. Um, you know, this is just not this is a thing Fran would take all day. You know, you show him those stats before the game. All the shots, all the mm-hmm. possession, you hand those to Fran for the game, you would take it all day because yeah. it's not what we need. We don't need, you know, 25 passes in the back line. We don't do that. You know, Caitlin is very direct. The yeah. team is very direct. So stats are, are meaningless in these games, really. Yeah. Um, and it's worth mentioning, may, might as well do it at this point, that Pam, she made a great save at like a quarter of an hour just after we'd got our goal. And then at, towards the end of the second half, first half rather, sorry, she made a great save and I think there was some really notable scrambling towards the very end when they were looking for a late goal um she obviously doesn't have a lot to do very often but you know clearly it's just nice to see it's kind of nice in a way to see her in action and to to be able to know that she can do that because she isn't tested and that when she is she absolutely comes up trumps like tipping tipping things over the bar all over the place yeah I think you got a lot of credit to Fran for we had that goalkeeper Injury crisis, you know, yeah. we like our keepers, we like the keepers we had before Pam, but we had uh injury crisis all at the same time, there's kind of a gap to fill and Fran did more than fill the gap, you know, he went out and got somebody so experienced, uh, somebody that could really, you know, command, I'm the starting goalkeeper, I'm going to give you a lot mm. of safety in this back lane, you hear the way the back lane talk about her, and as you say, every time she's been called upon, and I felt, I felt for her after that last Rangers game, when she gave away the penalty with that kind of rash challenge because she'd been so good in the game I think she won you know player of the week or player of the month or something as well after that game so to have a a clean sheet in the next derby game that's way more important uh, at this point of the season to make a few really good saves and feel comfortable the whole time she she also Pam is is one of the best in the league probably the best in the league I've seen at uh, collecting crosses Uh I think again because of the undersized nature of some of the keepers in the league there's a real tendency to punch and to scramble things away which, you know, opens yourself up to a lot of risks. Yeah. Pam takes things so cleanly. You know, there's mm-hmm. no threat. There's nothing going to drop at the back post. Um, she's been a real asset. And I think come the end of the season, if we end up where we want to end up, she'll, she'll have a real part to play. Definitely. Um, be interesting to see what happens with goalkeepers going forward. Um, anything else on the rest of that first half? Obviously, we're looking for the next goal. It doesn't come in the first half, but... Anything about our performance that you wanted to comment on and then how were you feeling at half-time being one-up? I, I think we, we felt, there's only so comfortable you could say a Celtic team feels because of the nature of the way we play. I don't think they ever make you feel comfortable, not because they're under any pressure, but because they invite it a bit and, and we, we attack very fast, so we lose the ball again quite fast. Uh, but I thought we were good. You know, it was that kind of way, the, the half ends and you're pleased and everything's going well. And the momentum's there is the big mm-hmm. thing. I think we carried our, our form and our the uh, the tackles we were putting in, the speed we were attacking, carried right to the whistle. So yeah. it felt like we were ready to come out after that second half and, and put it on them again. There was no break was going to be given to Rangers. Yeah. And we come out in the second half and the second goal comes more quickly than I think any of us could have anticipated, which stops our hearts racing quite so rapidly at that point. Um comes from open play. It's, do you want to talk us through it? Because I've watched it so many times at this point. <laughs> well, there's a, a there's a long ball from Hayes that uh, Flint actually t- brings down 
beautifully, which I don't think I really noticed in the game. I know, and gets away from two Rangers players really well. Ah, I think because, maybe we'll talk about it, I was a wee bit frustrated with her um, at moments when, when I remember when she actually played that pass, it felt like it took, felt like it was a bit laboured because we wanted things a bit faster. Yeah. But watching the, the game on the TV again, she takes it down beautifully. She beats two players. She picks her pass out brilliantly to Lou, who was on fire on Friday. Just yes. ridiculous and just at her absolute best, direct. Um, she keeps the ball so close to her feet, sometimes too close to her feet. You know, whenever she, Lou, Lou loses, loses the ball, it's not so much she's been tackled as she's kind of ran so fast she's run over the ball. Yeah. Um, but she was brilliant. She goes super direct to the byline. And she's always got that. The best thing about Lou, like wingers who play on their kind of strong side, the thing she does best is she always seems to have an extra touch to the byline. Mm-hmm. When a defender thinks she's got her at the byline and she's kind of trapped her and she can't go anywhere, there's always some space Lou can create. Mm-hmm. Makes her an absolute nightmare. Um, she gets a ball across the face. I think it's Flint who miscues it a little bit and it falls to Amy Gallagher, of course. Who I couldn't tell. I've right watched through. this goal so many times. I couldn't. T- I can't. still don't know whether Flint knew Amy was behind her and was kind of... Did something kind of on jumps, her. Doesn't she? Yeah, she yeah. kind of jumps, brings it down, puts it backwards, and it looks different when you look at it from different angles. But I want to give her credit for being involved in the goal. It was like a little one, two, three, Lou Flint, and then it it comes to the feet of Amy Gallagher. Who, watching it back again, I I watched it once back, just really focused on her and the way she's she's obviously so switched on and she's so just concentrated. She's she knows that that ball is coming in her direction. Yeah, and we talk so much about Amy Gallagher doesn't waste movement, particularly when she hits the ball, when she's going by players in the box. She's won a lot of penalties because of her quick feet. And even that finish, it's there's no waste of movement there. It's the ball is dropped at my feet within three yards. Yeah. And she puts it, you know, she just kind of scaffs it home. Doesn't yeah. matter. Why would you why would you try and shoot that ball properly? Just put it in. I know. So we're two up and then we think, do you know what? Let's just do the thing we did before again. <laughs> <laughs> to get a third just to make this a little bit more comfortable um it's Lou again who wins the corner isn't it I mean let's just talk about her while we're before we actually talk about the goal because it's very similar to the first goal um she's just one of the things when I was talking about the opposition as well is like she's such an exciting player we've got really exciting players to watch and I had a sort of pass of watching the game trying to look at the Rangers team and look at if I was a Rangers fan, who am I getting excited about? And I was struggling to find it in that game. Yeah, I think they're, even their best players are off form a little bit. Um, you wouldn't think that there were players there on Friday who play for Scotland or who are linked to the Premier League. You know, they, they just don't look like the team that were last season kind of walking over everyone. Uh-huh. And whether that's our improvement or their decline, um, something's changed. Momentum has shifted a wee bit. Yeah. Um, so we get... The third goal via another sort of, they said carbon copy on the commentary. I mean, it pretty much was. Jacinta takes the takes the corner and does the same thing. And you're thinking, you knew that was going to happen, guys. <laughs> Do yeah. something different. You know, and I actually, one of the, I think it was Davison, um, Hannah Davison, who kind of, she almost ducked. It's like you mm. need to be creating like, something in the way of Caitlin Hayes who you can't get scared of the ball at this point <laughs> no it's that inevitability I think that freezes them because I think when you're if you if you're lining up to defend that corner you've got to be thinking same is going to happen again 
Yeah. And then that idea that you're defending the same thing that was just a goal must eat into you a wee bit, you know, and it, it seems to freeze up defenders when they play Hayes that it doesn't matter if they get in front of her because it's not, you know, rugby. They can't just go in and grab her by the legs or whatever. No. They have to body up against her without fouling her. They yeah. have to do all these things. And Caitlin's athleticism means none of it's a fair fight. So it just feels like you can't do anything about it. And defenders freeze so often. She seems to have a lot of headers that seem completely unchallenged, but mm. she's surrounded by bodies. Yeah, And it's because of that inevitability of it. And it's probably just a mental thing now. And long may it continue. I mean, we were obviously all losing our minds with happiness when that happened. I think, you know, Chris did say as the corner, as Jacinta stepped up to take the corner, he he looked at me and went, welcome to dreamland. <laughs> and, I, and I was like, okay, calm down, mate. And then it happened. <laughs> and Jacinta again, like the, the consistency she's putting the balls in is why this seems so inevitable. Yeah, It's not a case of Caitlin having to kind of you know, find the ball, uh, come and meet it somewhere at the back post, front post. It's always the same place. Yeah. She will always find it. And that's so key. Um, and it clearly showed. We've talked about their experienced players and the players who've been on that team for a long time and know exactly what they have to do. And he bought three of those players off after about five minutes after we scored the fir- first goal. We actually we were in the stadium and talking to each other and turning behind me and someone going, Sam Kurt. Lizzie Arnott and Brogan Hay have just been brought off. What? <laughs> you know, because those are players that you think are kind of integral to that Rangers team. So clearly they're going, right, something's not working and they were really rattled. It's a game that's looking beyond them at that point. Yeah, it seemed like they were maybe going for legs or, or uh, don't want to say damage control, but it seemed like they couldn't play their way through Celtic anymore. Yeah. You know, and that's obviously what they thought they were going to do. And like you say, it's the familiarity of certain names is what makes these games interesting and when they're not performing new stars kind of arise and mm. we're talking about Lou and when we're at the stadium I, you can hear people around us talking people who aren't as familiar with the players and they're all talking about this you know Lou who is who is Lou this must be the best player on the team yeah. I was on Twitter and every time somebody was uh, replying to one of the goals talking about the game everyone's talking about Lou you mm. know and pictures of Lou are up on Twitter and that is really exciting yeah. and we've got players who the fans know like Jacinta who was great again last night, or on Friday, sorry. But it's amazing to see the kind of excitement that can be brought on from a game being really visible, a game being on the telly, Celtic fans having like a big weekend ahead of them tuning in, and now there's thousands of people who are excited to watch this player play who they never knew about before Friday night. Yeah, I love it. There was a guy and his son, I think, behind us. Every time Lou got the ball, they I just kept hearing them go, that touch, that touch, did you see that touch? They were, And I was just like... <laughs> So happy to hear it. Um, we made a sub. We brought Jacinta off at 64 minutes um, and your favourite and mine, Lisa Robertson, came on. I think that seems like a really sensible thing to do at that point. Um, Jacinta has worked so hard, done a job, um, performed really well. And then you're kind of not, you know, it is a bit of a shoring up the defences move, I guess, um, at that point. But if you're going to do it with anyone, then someone as dynamic as Lisa is still going to keep the game alive. Yeah, I feel like if you could handpick, obviously she's the kind of player of that quality you expect to start most weeks, but mm-hmm. if you could handpick, you know, the makeup of a player to come on when you've got the lead and the momentum still with you, it's Lisa Robertson because yeah. of that energy, her ball winning ability, and then you've got Lisa and Natalie Ross for a little bit as well. People that can put tackles in, Natalie Ross put herself about so much in that second half, you know, playing on the edge, just again, just stopping Anytime Rangers thought they were going to get anything, Natalie Ross went through one of them. Yeah. And she got the crowd on her side. 
the crowd on the back of Rangers and it was just that way. That second half was a lot of foot on the neck kind of stuff, which Fran is really good at. I mean, I do sometimes worry with Natalie. I'm like, you need to not be sent off, my friend. <laughs> we need you. Um, but yes, absolutely. Um, the second half, um, after we'd scored those goals, I mean, different type of performance. Let's talk about, because we could, I think, I feel like we could talk about this game for about three hours, but um, let's talk about the second half, but let's talk about some of the newer players. Let's talk about Tash Flint and whether she, what her contribution was. We've obviously talked about her contribution to specifically that second goal. I think there was a bit of frustration though between us in the stadium and even watching it back again that she doesn't look like a player who is, whether it's that she's, you know, this is her first, one of her first start, I think her first start Mm -hmm. for us and it's against them. It's a huge occasion whether she was overawed by that, but she didn't look a player who was making the runs that we need players to make for this Celtic team and that the players in the midfield are expecting. Yeah, I do think it's a funny one because she's clearly got quality. Again, you can see that in the the goals. You can see that in the way she controls the ball. Um, She clearly has quality and she's played at a high level. And that's why when she's available, you know, Celtic leading a striker, go out and get her. Uh, No, I would say... Throughout the game, we were frustrated because we expect our strikers to make certain runs, like you say. And she doesn't seem like a player who's built for that. Mm. She seemed a wee bit slow. Again, match match fitness, match practice. She's been out of it for a wee bit. Um, but we've been used to Charlie Wellings, Clarissa, um, anyone else that's covered up there, Maria McEnany, you know, they make runs really well and really consistently. And part of playing up front for this Celtic team is that sometimes you're banging your head against a brick wall, but you are running mm. non-stop. You are going past the last defender non-stop. And we didn't get any of that, I wouldn't say, off off Flint. Um, And sometimes we'd go on a counter-attack and you'd be kind of pointing for her where to go and it didn't seem like she was interested in doing it or or familiar with it. And that's not a huge criticism. It's frustrating in in the moment, in the game. But it's just obviously not the type of player she is because with her back to goal, she was great. Her control of the ball is great. Her vision, her kind of um, eye for a pass is all there. She's clearly got quality, but um, in hindsight, if we hadn't won this game or whatever, would you be thinking, I wish we had a striker who was doing the usual, you know, for yeah. for left chance to find her, for uh, Jacinta to find her. Yeah. Um, but we won 3-0, so it's quite yeah. hard. <laughs> hard to criticise. Yeah, she kind of hasn't got that even, that just kind of general sense of forward momentum. Like, I, I love a striker, like Clarissa used to do it, Kyogo does it, those strikers who like harry the keeper, they're always kind of, even if the, they're not, the ball's not necessarily near them, they're making their presence felt in that area, like to be like, I'm here and you need to worry about me. And we didn't really see any of that from Natasha. But again, it's going to be interesting to see, we're going to talk about the games that are coming up, where she started, how she plays and how she performs against different opposition when it's not Rangers. Maybe she'll start against Glasgow City. We just don't know. Um, but yeah, anything else? I w- oh, the other one I wanted to mention was Hannah Kerner because I thought she did have a good game. I think she clearly does something that we need in this team, which is she did some really good defensive work as well. Um, yeah. And she was covering a lot of ground. Hard speed is ridiculous. There was a saving tackle she put in that was unbelievable she got there and she won it so cleanly yeah you know no mistake could have been a red card could have been a penalty could have been anything um going forward she just has a lot of it's the directness as well but she's got a bit of creativity about her sometimes it didn't always you know pay off something didn't always work out 
but there's a few times where she would she would knock the ball by somebody into a kind of general area that felt like nothing, but her speed just gets her there. And when you've yeah. got players that can create stuff out of nothing, it's really exciting. As I think it's a really good start for for Kerner, and particularly again to be playing so early in such a big derby. She didn't look overawed. I think maybe the first twenty minutes she looked a wee bit. She did grow into the game, I think. She definitely did. And we also had a better sight of her in the first half because she was sort of over our side. But yeah, really interesting to see how those players kind of develop in this team. The other subs that were made, um, Shen and uh, Shen Menglu and Natalie Ross were brought off at 76 minutes for Tegan Bowie and Maria McEnany, which again made total sense. And then bringing Caitlin Hayes off with Natasha Flint and bringing on Olivia Ferguson and Taylor Otto. Again, giving them some minutes, some Derby experience. At that point, it's not looking like, you know, I mean, there were a couple of hairy moments in added time that we thought, you know, Pam had to do some work, but um, you wouldn't have any complaints about those? I would have some complaints about taking off Caitlin Hayes, defending a clean sheet. Just I, I I don't know maybe she maybe she also took a wee knock or something. He did but, say um, that she was a question mark for the game uh, overall that in, okay. she'd had a knock in the week before and that but she'd managed to train all week and that she nearly didn't they nearly didn't start her so maybe that was it that they were just yeah, trying to protect just, her for next week. I think the clean sheet from a mental point of view and the table was so huge and that's that's why every kind of you know defensive clearance towards the last five minutes was getting cheered like a goal we were three yeah. nil up but the atmosphere in the stadium was still quite intense we yeah. wanted that clean sheet mm. it's now a six point goal difference gap uh six goal in mm. the goal difference gap which is huge because yeah. i think we were behind before and they got they'd only conceded two goals all season and we then put three past them i mean the achievement is when you think about it in terms of the fact of how long they've gone without losing a game they've had their draws but they haven't lost a game for something like a year and a half or something stupid in the league um so a huge accomplishment and I really hope that we can carry the confidence and momentum forward from this into the games that we have got coming up before we do that I'm going to ask you for your standout Celtic performance your player of the match uh it was Lou for me I just thought I think there were a few players were fantastic um, I think even the times where it felt like Rangers were on the ball a lot, it was all our game. I think everyone was playing exactly how they were supposed to. Um, nobody had a bad game. I mean, well, I'm not going to point out anything I thought had a bad game, really. But I, I would say Lou was the standout star for me. I thought she was so dynamic, so fast, just game-changing. And when you've got the bigger crowd than you're usually used to, getting them on your side, Gina the up, that electric kind of pace she has and ability she has is so exciting and uh, I think she deserves all these kind of new eyes on her and the new plaudits coming her way yeah Caitlin won the stadium player of the match Caitlin Hayes and I would definitely be swithering between those two because I I sort of can see arguments for both I think you know Caitlin Hayes as a defender whether we look at her goals or not she clears up everything that comes at her she just relentlessly and like talk about kind of defensive jewels in the air and stuff sometimes she doesn't even have to take it on her head and she just does but she just batters it away and she she does it with such like you have such it's i'm just so reassured by her presence (laughs) i mean yeah it feels like supernatural sometimes that the ball always finds her head yeah (laughs) but you have to put it down to positioning you know we have to give the credit that's there for defensive positioning uh but there are times which feels like it feels like people are aiming for her head with crosses. And she does that thing that I quite like where defenders or any player, like they sort of 
like the ball's coming in quite low, but it's kind of mid body height. And she just goes, she just takes it with her head instead. She like bed, like bends down and sort of, I don't know how, I don't know how she does it. <laughs> um, so yeah, I think, but Lou, absolutely. She was a complete standout and I just love watching her play and I can't see, wait to see more of it. Um, would you have a two point takeaway from this or any takeaway? What would be the kind of main thoughts uh, after a game like that going forward? I think, I think that we're maybe in the best shape for uh, a kind of title run out of the three just because of momentum. I think mm-hmm. that's a big, I think we're now kind of the team to watch. The City game will change all that or not, you know, yeah. but City haven't had a kind of statement win like that for a while, despite, you know, being top of the league, having a great season. Mm-hmm. They haven't had that statement win um, for a wee while. So I think right now we're in a real momentum um, and we have to kind of, like you said, take advantage of that this week yeah. and run towards that City game with this momentum. Um, I think we, we could really kind of take control um, this weekend um, and with that I would say I am yet to be convinced that we have a, a kind of starting 11 yet and I feel like there's a couple of players who could be improved on okay. without, I don't want to get negative in this podcast but. right well, well I'll ask you about that next week okay <laughs> <laughs> um, so we've got a big big win on Friday and then we've got a game on Wednesday against Hamilton away and then we've got the Glasgow City game back at Excelsior on Sunday. So huge week kind of coming off the back of that win. I think let's just talk about kind of both games in one, as it were. Like, mm-hmm. how do you think Fran, he's talked about, he said explicitly, there is going to be rotation, obviously, ahead of the Glasgow City game. Um, what kind of team would you want to see him put out against Hamilton Aki's because I I find these really hard because you listen to the interviews and they say we've got to take everything really seriously despite where they are on the table and and I agree with it you cannot be complacent but there's another bit of you going oh yeah but come on it's <laughs> like we can beat this team <laughs> like and if we don't then that's embarrassing <laughs> yeah and we need uh, we need goals you know if we beat City even at the weekend it's still goal difference is the difference so yeah. we do always need goals there's no game that's you know just a win and it's okay mm-hmm, exactly. Um, we do have a lot of quality players that didn't even play on Friday. You yeah. know, there are there are players who who can come in. You're really happy with seeing rotated. Um, I'd like to see Tegan play. I'd like to see Maria McEnany mm-hmm. play. I would like to see. I'd be happy with Claire Goldie whether she comes on as a sub. Yep. Yeah, I think there's just there's a bunch of options. That I don't think we'd be too too mm-hmm. miffed at. Um, but I don't know. You've just got to be able to pull the kind of um, panic button at half time so just make sure that there's game winners there fit <laughs> and warmed up and ready to maybe yeah. come and save you at yeah. half time yeah. but we shouldn't need it uh, we shouldn't need it but these are the kind of games that is what derail your season you know the complacency we haven't played them for a long time and last time it was at Excelsior and we did beat them 6-0 that's where Lou got her first goal and Liv got her first goal Liv Ferguson so Something a bit similar to that, please, would be lovely. Um, and taking another three points into the game against Glasgow City, which is obviously huge. We need to capitalise on that victory. I was working out because it's this, we've got three games left before the split, right? Mm-hmm. I'm just going to read this out. I've written it on our rundown because otherwise I'll get it wrong. <laughs> if we beat Glasgow City on Sunday, we'll be equal on points with them and Rangers will still be four behind. Okay. Did you think I'd got this right, by the way? <laughs> 
Oh, that sounds right to me. If we lose to Glasgow City, they end up on 62, we end up on 56 and Rangers are on 55. So we're still in second, but we're further, obviously further adrift of City. Yes. And if we draw with Glasgow City, they'll, they're on 60, we're on 57 and Rangers are on 55. So we retain a bit of a, a like a tiny two-point cushion ahead of Rangers and also we're within one win of equal points with City. So... I mean, a win is obviously obviously what we want, but like th- we're in a really good position with three games to go going into the split because obviously there's then 30 more points at stake with 10 games to play after the split and who knows what will happen. That's all against a different set of teams where not maybe as many goals are going to get scored. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's going to be really exciting. It is fun. I mean, the goal is to win every game. I do think we've made ourselves in a position where if we draw, it's definitely, you know, not the end of the world. Uh, but it's, you know, it's at Excelsior, isn't it? It's at home. Mm-hmm. So I think that uh, makes a big difference. Makes a huge difference because we know how much you hate playing. Out, to me away. personally, it makes a massive difference because I hate <laughs> Peter's Hill Park. <laughs> so, you know, we have to take advantage of the little things we do have, um, use this momentum, and then, you know, say. City can try and build their own momentum. You know, they've got Glasgow women as the last game before the split. That's huge for them. That'll be, you know, a big changer, particularly because it's going to come down to goal difference in terms of uh, if we do beat them. Mm -hmm. So it's all very exciting. The split does mean things will always be up for grabs. You've got to keep it within your own hands. And I think we're in a position now that, kind of regardless of the result at the weekend, the split does give us things in our own hands a little bit. Mm. But you don't want City getting any further away from us. Um, Goes without saying. Of course not. Huge, huge game. Um, If we take the team that went out against Rangers at the weekend as the starting point, what would you do differently against City, if anything? I would... Personally, I would play Chloe Craig. I'm not sure she's available because she wasn't even on the bench. And there was... There's oh, been, she was. She's in. I think she's injured. Fran's been a bit vague about injuries, but there is a press conference this week, so we'll we'll, we'll explicitly ask him about Chloe Craig. But I don't think she's going to be available. Interesting. Okay, scratch that. <laughs> uh, I'd play Lisa. Hundred okay, percent. There we go. <laughs> um, I think you just have to play Lisa. Who are you? Who are you? If Lisa's playing, who's not playing? <laughs> <laughs> um. Sorry. <laughs> The only person I would kind of I would drop out maybe is is Flint, but obviously then you're you're having a completely alien formation. Um, yeah. It's a, it's really tough. It's tough. The midfield has been so strong. Yeah, uh, I think you really have to give more credit because, in fact, maybe I would I would take Flint out and I'd move Amy up front. Okay. Personally, okay. Uh, okay. although I do think Amy's just so good um, when she's got a bit more of a free role. Uh, but yeah, I just think you have to have Lisa in there. Yeah. Yeah. Um, is that the only major thing that you would do differently? I think, considering who we think we've got available, that would probably be. I'd probably agree with you, but also again, I don't know who I would take out of that because looking at striking options and stuff, I think Flint probably is the best person to start against Glasgow City, just in terms of as well them being unfamiliar with her. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. If, I think if, when if Maria's, Maria's on the bench. Yeah, when Maria's been on form, she has a really good connection with Jacinta as well. Um, but she is, you know, much more experienced than Flint. It's a huge game. Up to, again, in Fran, we trust. I think every time we do debate this now for big games, it does kind of come down to that, that he's 
He's been through enough with this team. The core has been quite similar. Um, and he does kind of pay off. So I would, whatever Fran thinks of this week's training and playing, uh, I'm quite happy to back. Okay, great. I mean, I also think that maybe there will be, we know, obviously know they do analysis and they'll be looking back at that Rangers game and that maybe for her first game, there will be have been some feedback about you need to be making those runs and that we might see something different from her, even between the space of a week, just in terms of it's very different on the training field, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, I, th- I think there's the good thing about that Rangers performance is it was really good, but there are there are definite kind of things to take from it in terms of how we play now against mm-hmm. the other top two. City are a completely different proposition. They've been playing a lot more maybe free flowing football than Rangers have. And when they play us, they do tend to like to attack and it can be a bit back and forth and ding dong. So Yeah, um, I, th- I expect my heart to be in my mouth a little bit more than it was on Friday night, to be honest with you. I think it, they're going to scare us a bit more. They've also got Joe Love back from injury as well. Yeah. So it'll be interesting to see whether she's in the mix and how she performs as well. Cause obviously she's a stalwart of that team and has been so good for them in the past. It's a game that it's a game kind of style uh, and pattern that does suit us, you know, and even at Peter's Hill conceding that last minute yeah. goal, you know, we take that out of the equation. Even the league table looks a little bit different, uh, but yeah, it's, it's a pattern of play that suits us that up and down, up and down players like Lou, Jacinta will thrive getting a bunch of space. Especially because so be we, we love the width and we've got the width and I think we're probably more used to playing in those wide spaces and that free way than they are. So fingers crossed. I, this is me being optimistic, of course. Um, do you want to give us a prediction for Sunday or are you too scared? <laughs> I am going to say 2-1 to Celtic with uh, Caitlin Hayes winner. Oof, Caitlin Hayes again. Yeah, she's, it's, you cannot... You know, you can't. I don't think you could ever predict a Celtic game now. I don't have a big game without expecting Keelan Hayes to score from a corner. I don't see <laughs> okay, we will see what happens. I'm too scared to make a prediction now you've said that. <laughs> um, that game is on BBC Alba, so you will be able to watch it. But I would highly recommend, if you're able to, getting along to it because. Um, if the atmosphere is anything like Friday night, it'll be amazing. Glasgow City always bring out lots of fans, so we need to be able to counter them in the shouting stakes. Um, ten past four, um, and I think it's fair to say that the Hamilton game will not be on television anywhere. I will be going to it, but I will send back pictures and missives on Twitter, but that's all we can promise. Um, yeah, and Sundays, you know, the men's team play before it, and a really early kickoff, and it's away, so... Yeah. Again, give yourself a Celtic Sunday, treat yourself. Exactly. Make it a whole day. Um, it's going to be really good. I have absolutely loved talking about this because, like I said at the beginning, I'm going to be enjoying this feeling of having beaten them all week, twice in a weekend. Also, I loved the fact that Fran and so many of the women's team was at, were at the game on Sunday and you could see all their socials posting and going crazy. Yeah. And it really, you know, feeling like we're kind of part of they feel obviously like they're part of the club i just i just love that um lorenzo thank you very much i'm gonna let you go now absolute pleasure as always thank you he's been lorenzo pacitti i've been claire wilde celtic beat rangers 3-0 at the weekend and this is the celtic women's football show